The House on the Hill, Part 3 Heroes, legends and myths, all with truth as shields, breastplates and swords. For in the heart of the hill were the network and passageways crossed and recrossed, three stood still, hidden from most, shared by a few. The knowledge passed through the hands and hearts of generations, waiting, listening, watching. The three stood prepared in fire, dressed in stone, and ready with the spark of life lying hidden within. One figure was named as Eos, Dawn, the other Mesembria, Noon, and the last Nyx, Dusk. Their names were carved in Homeric Greek beneath their stone-bound feet. For once upon another time, there had been three islands, a chain of three and other small outcrops of rocks that were, when viewed from above, swept and shaped like an archer's bow in front of the mainland. Each island mirrored the map of the skies, the cycle of days, and the awakening rise and journey of Eos's sister, Helios, across the skies. But when an explosive volcanic eruption resulted in tidal waves and rising sea levels, all that had been hidden were the two of the three islands from view, and only the island of Eos remained, and it was she whose island it was, she who had brought the other two titans, Mesembria and Nyx, with her. Their shape and forms at once were fluid, the rock holds once found were bound about their feet, and there they rested upon the island that Eos had called her own. The time for legends had passed, they needed now only to sleep. But it was Eos who waited a little longer, watching the centuries of time pass like days, seeing the skies blink past with the flood of people Buildings and enclosed courtyards be built, be destroyed, and be built again, and then only to be crumpled by war, earthquake, and the storms and tides that brought change and civilization to even the remotest islands away from the mainland. Eos was beautiful, fresh as morning, and as light and sublime as her saffron robes that were woven with the springtime worship of summer's flowers. She rose upon the last of the stairways of heavenly skies to open the gates for her sister Helios to reach up from her pillows that she shared with the noble earth. But it was the Arrakis family who had discovered them, the Arrakis family who found them in the centre of the maze of caves and passageways, more generations ago than they themselves could remember. The three were perfect in shape and form, so sculptured and so well formed out of the finest and lightest of granites, that for a long time they were held to be alive and somehow in a stasis that was keeping them both sleeping and at once awake. But to the touch, they were as cold as the stone they were made from. That and the perfectly shaped wraps and fine bundles and clothings gave the impression that they were to become real if ever 
they should awaken. The Arrakis child who had found them had sworn, sworn she had moved, that she had touched her head with one of her rose-coloured hands, and that a light had shone from around her head and entered her eyes and made it seem like she could see and move, like the sun and the waves and the stars.' 